Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast, and uh, well, it's nearly the end of the season. Find out if Nottingham Forest managed to go through to the final. Find out what's been going on in the rest of the football world. Big stuff's been happening, even though the season's coming to a close. So check that out. While I've got you, before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. If you've got a few minutes, please do consider leaving a review. All of those things help the podcast, and uh, we really appreciate anything that you might be able to do. Right, let's get going. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Paul! Thank you very much, Mr. Cook. Yes, that is correct, ladies and gentlemen. We, uh, we, the recording is indeed in progress, and you may be uh, mistaken or forgiven for thinking that um, Matt Moore looks like he hasn't slept in 24 hours. Um, might be a little bit of foreshadowing as to uh, the result that came uh, from uh, last week's games, but um, we'll get to that in, in, all, good, in all good time. Um, yes, welcome along to. Uh, I, I said it. I said it the last two couple of weeks, but one of your last football-based nonsenseries for the uh, for this particular season. But yes, it is uh, the, the the hours are counting down. They're they're whiling away. They're they're against us, shall we say? But we'll we'll strive to give you another, you know, a little bit of uh, football-based chatter and nonsense. So let's uh, let's dive into the uh, the result that might have kept Mr. Moore awake, so uh, so to speak. The book has made its way into shot. Let's get down to business. So, um, semi a semi final, and uh, it started out with a little game. Where Sheffield United went up against Nottingham Forest. So Matthew, lay it on us and lay it on us thick. How was the Sheffield United Nottingham Forest game? Well, I uh, spent Saturday afternoon ignoring it completely, um, trying to pretend that it didn't happen. And then uh, Mister Woodman C kindly informed me after the game had finished that it was, oh, it was all good. Uh, and that we could just crack on from there. Um, so yeah, Forest came out two-one winners. Um, now you know people. People might you know listeners of this kind of thing might you know might hear a word name pop up every now and again. Be this Stu kind of snapple the point once upon about once upon a time from uh, Jack Colbeck, and uh, he was back in the goals for the first time uh, in this game. Um, <clears throat> then. Forest doubled their lead through Joel uh, through no, no Joe Lolly dispossessing one of the uh, Sheffield United defenders, slipping it to Brennan Johnson, and uh, as Jack former Forest flop uh, Jack Robinson uh, said, they celebrated like they'd won the ma- that won the whole tie. Yeah, because you know, people celebrate goals. That's 
kind of part of it. You know, we might as well just all kind of shake hands, walk back to the halfway line. And then um, in the what, 91st minute, Sheffield United pulled the goal back and uh, kind of acted like they'd equalised uh, in the, the tie. So, you know, they didn't celebrate their tie. They just kind of turned around and got on with it, didn't they? Um, so, yeah, first the first tie finished off 2-1. Um, apparently a dominant Forest display. Um, <clears throat> soured by the goal at the end of the year. At the end of the thing, but that you know that wouldn't have mattered at all. <coughs> so, um, I've been trying to work out how best to do this. I was going to do the put your hands up if you put Forest down to win. I was going to do the uh, you know the multitude of different ways of doing this, but let's just get the uh, get it out of the way. Um, Paul and Stu, you had Sheffield United down to win. Bit of reverse psychology there. Love it. Uh, you did not get the goal scorer for Sheffield United. And you didn't predict any for Nottingham Forest. So you are both out of the points, I'm afraid. Matt went with a classic one-all draw. And didn't get any of the goal scorers. So Matt, you are also out of the points. Paul has already clocked it. Uh, I put Forrest down to win. And everybody knows my two favourite goal scorers. So I picked a point for Johnson. So two points for me. Moving swiftly on. Just, just before we move swiftly on. Obviously, massive fail against the uh, the podcast boys. As we failed to realise in our uh, in our preview that um, Nottingham Forest would sadly have been not Nottingham Forest, sorry, Sheffield United were without a single frontline first team recognised striking option for both playoff games. Um, even even better when you consider in the, in, into that that I believe in all of our predictions we had picked. At least one of the front line first team Sheffield United strikers to have scored a goal in the game. Um, so that was an oversight at best, I suppose you could probably say. It wasn't. It wasn't really out there though that it was a thing. I think like Heckenbottom had um, kind of hinted to the fact that Billy Sharp might be back, um, or that one of their strikers might be back. I think he kind of. You know, not not only were the mind games played with us, they were, well, not not only were the mind games played with the world, they also played mind games with us, and you know, completely muffed up our predictions. So, uh, wanker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but more on that shortly. <laughs> so, Matt, how were you feeling after this game? And the double question: going into the next game. Oh, sick, just sick, just like sick, just yeah. I, I the result was good, but I just think you just think like you know. I think as 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 I've heard multiple times for the past week, it's twenty three years since Forest 
you know, since Forest were in the Premier League, it's they, you know they've been down to League One and they spent three seasons down there and they've done this and they've done that and this. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! You know, terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh, it's a it's like a fantasy. It's a miracle. It's a. It's, and you kind of like, well, it's gonna go wrong, and 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 and it just like I mean, if do, do you want to crack on with last night's game? Before cracking on with last night's game, what would Forrest have needed to continue on in the tournament? Just a nil-nil draw would have been fine. We just didn't just didn't need to lose. Just didn't need Anything to lose. Anything but a negative result, and they'd have been through to the final. Okay, um, so how did last night's game go? <laughs> well, I think I don't. I don't know if I messaged you, you guys. Eighty-five. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I messaged you this specific message. I put it on. I came downstairs. I put it on, and it started. And I was like. I looked at the clock and I was like, this has got to be the longest five minutes of my life. It just, that first five minutes was just so like, you think if it's going to be like this, then it's going to be a really, really long time. So I don't know, I don't know if I'd message that, but I was like, that first five, ten minutes was so long. And I don't, then, then obviously, then Forrest scored, Brennan Johnson scored a very nice, kind of nice finish. Um, and at that point I was like right here we go we've got the goal we've settled down and start playing some football keep the ball it, it was I think someone mentioned I think either one of you guys or some, one of the commentators mentioned it was very reminiscent of the second half against Bournemouth and I was like yeah yeah seen that before and it was it was they just didn't keep the ball it was a lot of head tennis it was a lot of hoofing it was a lot of kind of thing and I was just like you know like the game just bypassed our best players so you know Zinkenagel didn't really get much much of a touch in the game Garner was I, non-existent I say, though, that, that guy absolutely ran his nuts off last night he was oh, yeah. every, everywhere but he couldn't get off but it was just completely bypassing him it was a complete I don't I don't know I don't know who came up with the game plan or whether they just didn't follow the game plan because hoofing it up, we, I don't, you know, obviously I didn't see that much of Saturdays, but I can't imagine they played like that on Saturday. And it was just, it's just like someone had said, listen lads, near the end of the season, we don't want to spend any more money on the pitch. So if you just, just don't play in this bit, because you really need to keep that bit of grass. All right. <laughs> It's like when your dad comes out and bollocks you because you've been playing on the newly laid bit of lawn. And like, what have I told you about playing on that little bit of lawn? Like someone said, don't play on that. And it was just like, right. It just, it wasn't working. And at no point did anybody go, just stop. And, and, you know, I don't know whether it's like, it gets to the point where it's just, we can't stop or it's, and it, so, yeah, Forrest took the took the lead, and you think, right, okay, that's settled down. We've got a two goal lead. That's a nice cushion, as we discussed. Just 
Nil-nil would have got taken through to the playoff final. But then it was just edgy and nervous and Samba made a re- really good save before the goal um, and made several good saves after that. And they were always on the back foot. And then I think someone said, oh, the last thing, the, 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 the only thing they need to not do is concede straight after half-time. And uh, yeah, yeah, duly obliged with the first goal that went in uh, from Gibbs White, I want to yep. say. Yep. Um, so Morgan Gibbs White scored that one. And you just thought, I, I just had flashbacks to not like not last season, but the season before when they just completely crumbled against Stoke. I, you know, you just thought they were clinging on. I think was 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 the only way you could describe it. Um, and it then was that... it, it was crazy because I mean we've we've all seen our teams do this where you've been completely in control of a game, and then half time just seems to come sort of almost at the wrong time, where the game just resets. And then as soon as you come out in the second half, they just, they basically either just all shat themselves at half-time and just completely forgot the game plan. But they looked like the stereotypical different side when they came back out for the second half. And I don't know if it was just that the occasion had just taken a few of them, like, it was just too much for them, I don't know, but... It was ridiculous how different they were when they came out for the second half. Well, I said points in that second half where it's not that they looked like a different team. It looked like they'd never bloody met. Like, like you would not have said that that team finished fourth in the league looking at that second half performance at all. And, I mean, I guess they paid for it, though, really, in that, in that regard. And I thought, like, you know, we kind of glossed over... And, and I think at a time when I think if they could have just um, weathered the storm for the first kind of ten fifteen minutes of that second half, you know we we, we all commented on the fact that it looked like Sheffield United had lost it. There was you know the manager had thrown the forcibly thrown the ball into into Jed Spence's stomach because. They were game gamesmanship and you know not playing to the tempo that he wanted. Yeah, a Sheffield United fan that I spoke to said that um, he was time wasting, and I had, I had to explain to him. Don't think you can time waste in the thirtieth uh, minute of a game. It's quite difficult to do that. To be and even and even if you do waste it, you know, ten fifteen seconds, you know, also wastes time. You. Bell end of a manager throwing the ball into his stomach and then calling causing a melee, then to be booked as well. You know, I was like, and then it, it looked, but then the, the obviously the reaction. We kind of talked about the attitude of Forrest that I'm not particularly keen on, but they'll set about winding people up and kind of getting involved. And of course, the moment that it happened, Brennan Johnson was over there, but then. All the Sheffield United players piled in, and then we kind of then at half time something weird was going on where obviously Steve Cooper kept the Forest players out on the pitch and let Sheffield United go in because you know I don't know if they were spoiling for a fight or something like that. There was a there was a nasty edge all night. There was a lot of kicking. You know, Brennan Johnson got kicked around oh, the pitch. Un- that, that guy had a target on his back because. Like every three or four minutes, he he was getting flattened. But the the thing about the half time keeping him out the tunnel thing, 
don't get me wrong, if they'd have gone down the tunnel and had a big old punch-up, that would have been no good for anybody. But it was almost as if keeping them back gave Sheffield United that sort of superiority complex for the second half. Because they went... Like- Stomp the fl- the flag in the in the ground kind of thing, and like right, it's out your your st- your pitch is now ours kind of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm not like I say I'm not saying keeping them out was the wrong decision because it could have ended much you know thankfully it, it, you know it could have ended much worse than it than it did. But I don't know I don't know if that like as the home team do you insist that you go in and leave the others to it sort of thing? You, like surely like the players have got to be disciplined enough to. If somebody comes at you, obviously, yeah, stick up for yourself, but don't make it worse because it then it'll be the rest of them that get done. I think, the, I think the only thing about it was is that Sheffield United got in there first, and, and that's that's the only reason I can assume that they didn't kind of do it was that they got in there first. And it was like, all right, well, you know, there's no point in going. Like you said, you don't want to get yourself in a punch up, sent off, and banned for the hopefully for the final that you're in. Um, so then, yeah, I kind of jumped forward. So obviously. Straight after half time, uh, Gibbs White scored, uh, and then John Fleck put well evened up the tie on aggregate, as it were. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to kind of hint at the fact that I uh, had the the, the the tie would be even on aggregate after the the full uh, two matches, but you know, um, and it just kind of. You know, it it was like on the edge of your seat stuff. I think until Forrest brought on Keenan Davis, who I thought really kind of managed to like stretch the stretch the the, the match and stretch the kind of yeah, he was wearing his gloves on the hottest day of the year so far. Um, but he seemed to really kind of stretch the, the the game and put them under pressure and stuff like that, and really kind of harass them and hurry them, which made a bit of a difference. And I think just about dragged Forrest to full time. I think. Well, well, like I said to you, there was there was a point in that second half, and then all the way throughout the extra time that obviously we'll get on to in a minute. He was their only out ball at one point. He was the only he was the only guy who was looking to sort of pick the ball up, and it was it was detrimental to Forrest's game plan really because obviously he's playing as the central striker, and if he's having to drop to almost the edge of his own box at times to pick the ball up and carry it. It was just it was just completely putting Forrest on the back foot, and the, the, the main problem they seemed to have for large periods of that second half was that they were so under the cosh that and they were playing so deep that every time they did get the ball back, they'd invariably just hoof it long, yeah. and there was no one there for the ball to stick with, so they were just going straight back under pressure again. So again, um, worrying that Cooper didn't spot that and, and just have a word with someone and just say listen just like you know the next time the ball goes out just take 30 seconds just to sort of like stop I think re- it's the re- one it, it's the one kind of you know I think they brought in Steve Cook to be the grown up in the room but obviously he hasn't been at the club that long uh, but they're a very young side apart from him I think that's that's the issue I think when you look at the kind of when you look at the rest of the, 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 the team, they're probably very much under 26, 27. I don't think there's many players over that kind of thing. So it's still quite a young side. No, I'm not making excuses for it, but they need that kind of grown-up to like, grab them and say, come on, what, what are we doing here? Let's get back to the game plan. Let's kind of get to... Obviously, this is not working. Whatever, whatever this is right now is not working. 
Jack Colbeck should be that as well. And I thought he was quite passive and just got involved in silly stuff. Um, but yeah, so finished finished at the end of 90 minutes, 2-1 to Sheffield United and on to extra time. Uh, it was it was a more lively extra time than normal. Um, the one standout moment was um, was Samba's save from was it Njai or something like that. Just what what I think it was a shot like a shot by Njai. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I I think I could watch that clip back ten times and still not realise how the how the hell he's kept it out because I think it is a good save, but. I think I think you have to look at the you have to look at it for what it was. It was an incredible slice of luck, because oh, all these it, it's, it's it's definitely hit him rather than he saved it. He's obviously sort of jumped to sort of put the guy off, or just to sort of, and it's basically sort of flicked off the bottom of his of his shoe, yeah. and deflected away. But from from at the, that the time, at the time it, it's it's that it's that age old goalkeeper like sort of thing of. Don't matter if it comes off your left bollock via one pube. If it don't go in the net, you will fucking take it. Yeah. So, didn't matter how he kept it out of the net, he did. So, <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah, so... It's the making yourself big is how they... Uh, yeah. I mean, every, every last inch of him was used on that save because it was just like, you know, it was thingy. So... Yeah, so get to the end of full time, the end of extra time. So still 2-1 to Sheffield United. Takes us into penalties, which is just the worst. I, I don't know. Like I, it, it was it was a funny one because obviously you do the whole kind of um, pick which end you're going to play at. Obviously Forrest have done something crafty this year where they've split the Bridgeford end so you've got half and half. So it's kind of effectively, it doesn't matter which end you were going to be, you're going to be shooting towards Forest fans. Obviously, Sheffield United won, pick their end. Um, and bizarrely, was it Norwood? When I saw him pick up the ball and just wander down to the goal, I was thinking, what are you doing, mate? Because I mm. would not be, I'd be waiting right something. I thought, you know, I don't want to be too cocky, but I was just sat there thinking, there's a good chance he's going to miss this one. And yeah. Comes up, misses, you know, decent save. Gonna say, definite, definite little bit of um, kudos has to go to Brees on that one because he, he definitely, um, how should we put this? Uh, played around with the amount of time that it would be socially acceptable for him to make the player wait for. Well, even even if he did that, I think the fact that Norwood had gone. Way before the the ref wasn't down there, neither keeper was down there. So you can kind of understand if like the ref was there, Sheffield United keeper was down there, Nord was down there, and Brees was like putting his gloves on on the halfway line. But Did they say on the coverage that he'd, he'd been stood? He'd been stood with the ball for for at least ninety seconds. Just he'd been stood pretty much stock still, just with the ball in his hands for ninety seconds. Yeah. Well, stood he, in the middle of the eighteen yard him. box. He'd, he'd already gone and put the ball on the spot and they have to do that thing before the penalty uh, kicks can start where the referee asks, almost like the boxers kind of like, you know, want a clean fight here, lads. And he goes to speak to the keepers, didn't he? 
the ref hadn't even gone to even start talking to the goalkeepers, and he was already stood there waiting. He put that on himself big time. He definitely, he definitely put himself under undue pressure. But I think yeah. he is. I think he is their penalty taker outside right. of the strikers. So in his in his head, obviously, he was just trying to do what he felt was best. I suppose, but. Then, I can say, uh, but I can't remember that. Yes, for, yeah, Forrest scored. I, yeah, I, I mean, you never. I, I don't know. As in, you know, as watching England play and Forest play, you kind of never think that they're going to win penalty. You never think your team's going to win a penalty shootout. Nobody goes and <laughs> thinking you're going to win a penalty shootout. No, it took it took my lot 104 years to win one. So you know, <laughs> I can vouch for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they weren't just doing penalties for 104 years, by the way. That's, that, that came out wrong. But you wasn't, know what I mean. Isn't that, it? It wasn't like I'm sure we covered this in a podcast that, like, in the in the archives. You know, treat yourself. Go back, find it. I'm pretty sure you'd said that Hull were involved in the very first penalty shootout, were they not? Correct. Yeah, against Manchester United back in the olden days. I think it was like might have even been like 50. Something maybe. I think. Well, I, th- I think from like from 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 recollection, I think best was played for Man United. So, but um, but yeah. So and then who who was the who was the first penalty shootout that we won, Paul? Was it against Pools? I think it was against Pools. <laughs> you you fucking. Go on, Matthew. Go on, Matthew. I can't remember that. Who was the next Sheffield United one to miss? Uh, uh, Connor Hurahan and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> that was a bizarre one, wasn't it? Because he went down the middle and somehow reached. They, they, on the on the coverage, they even said Samba. How has he not dived? How on earth has he saved that? But it was just crazy because he like he literally didn't move and then just basically went, just stuck it his was, hand up and he just popped it over the bar. It was, it was unbelievable. Don Goodman went. Oh, he, he was clearly delaying the dive. No shit, pal. He was just still stood there. <laughs> yeah, Brennan Johnson took a decent penalty. Uh, Cafu took a, a reasonable penalty. Um, Steve Steve Cooks was the best penalty because he, he took the penalty, scored the penalty, went full Steve, uh, went few, full Stuart Pearce. I mean, I I, I didn't, I, I don't think I saw that bit because I was just like, I just need to like take five seconds just to have a little kind of break to myself. Uh, was it? Is it Sanderberg? It, it was. This was a nice penalty. He's a good player. I really enjoyed kind of what what he did. Yeah, not not seen not seen much of him, but the games that I have seen this season, he's looked way above the championship. Let's put it mm-hmm. that. Yeah, definitely. I think if if someone doesn't buy him, well, if someone doesn't buy him this summer, I'd be very very surprised. Apparently, he's got a release clause in his contract. I don't know how much that is, but he was proper. Looked like a proper player, massive as well. Like um, then, <laughs> then Joe Lolly came up. I mean, never have I felt less confident about somebody coming up to take a, a penalty than when he came up. I was like, "Nah, this is not going in." I like, I think I messaged my dad saying that nah, well, we're gonna be, we're gonna be stuck here a little bit longer um, because there was no way that one that penalty was being well. It wouldn't have been saved anyway, but it wasn't going in. <laughs> Of all all the players to miss, it it kind of works both ways. Like he was probably the 
the play that we probably would have been okay for him to miss because he's like he's that sort of he'd probably been able to laugh it off sort of thing had it not gone the right way. But he was just too casual about it, wasn't he? He just like the way he stepped up, you could just sort of tell he was a bit mm, not quite clued in. And then, yeah. Oh, God. It said that the keeper had gone. That's the worst thing about it is. I mean, at that moment, whatever you were going to do, change your mind because the keeper had gone. Like, he he died before he'd even got to the ball. And I was like, at that point, just P-rolled it down the kind of thing, but then still went to blast it like top bins. And then, well, it was in somebody's bins, but it wasn't in the the, (laughs) the ground. Jesus Christ. Chrissy Waddle was, was jealous of that one. Uh, um, so yeah, then Robinson. Robinson? No, I don't doubt God they would have booed the living hell out of him. Um, I don't think there was enough. So Berger scored. Then was it Morgan's Gib- Morgan Gibbs White? Yes, he was the one who, who who Samba saved the last penalty. Yeah. Oh no, there's another, so there must be another one then. So. That Unjai did score his penalty because yes. I was like, oh, this guy might be gone. He scored, and then I've missed someone at some point. Oh, we, we kind of covered the Forest ones, um, and then obviously Morgan Gibbs White missed the deciding penalty and couldn't have happened to a nicer twat. Um, yeah, <laughs> wasn't doing that at the end, was he? <laughs> So yeah, Forest win three two on penalties, <coughs> and apparently Huddersfield are looking forward to beating us in the playoff final due to their what their fans have been saying. So yeah, let's get that one started. I did see a tweet today where a disgruntled Huddersfield fan had said, "Oh, so it's the entire world versus town at the playoff final, and is it?" I was like, "Oh well, with tweets like that, yeah, it probably will be you, you, <laughs> you absolute tosspeat." Right, they can have the Derby fans join them if they want. Well, if they want that. Well, they they won't need to because uh, after what happened after the game last night, surely everybody will want Huddersfield to go up anyway, thanks to one particular Nottingham Forest fan. It comes under karma, doesn't it? And that's the kind of that, that'll be the <laughs> Matthew's nervous kind of thing from now on. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He's not. They're not. He's not a fan of football. That guy's just an idiot who dresses up his stupid, violent behaviour in the guise of "I go to the football and the football gets me upset about things." I'm sure other things get him upset in life. So, uh, what, what for those that for those that missed it, what we're talking about is the fact that uh, Forrest had one pitch invasion underway. One guy sees it as an excuse to not just. Headbutt Billy Sharp, who was stood there minding his own business, not doing anything in the Sheffield United technical area. Former Forest player Billy Sharp as well, which kind of oh. makes even more kind of grating. Absolutely, just steamrolled the guy head down, straight into his cheekbone. It looked awful. Like he's the sort. Well, heard heard on the news uh, this morning that it, the, the guy who they'd, they'd got the guy who did it and he'd been arrested, and rightly so. Because that's the sort of stuff that means uh, he's never going to football again. Yeah, I did. I did see that Forrest had come out and said that he's he'll be getting a lifetime ban when they actually sort of figure out who it is. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's the lifetime ban he should be worrying about. It's the 
say several months of jail service that he's going to have to uh, basically serve for the assault. It's assault. That it's, he committed it's, it's, on another human it's being. It's nothing less than assault. Is it? Is it right that Sharps had to have stitches? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had to have stitches to close the wound on his. I'm assuming on his face. So yeah, it's oh. assault. He'll he'll be he'll be seeing the inside of a of a cell for a good while for that one. It, it's stupid, and I, I know pitch invasions are a tale as old as time, and like you know the usual kind of thing. The club came out and asked the fans to stay off the pitch, and you know if you stay off the pitch, the fa- the players will come round and do a lap of honour with it being the last game of the season and all that kind of thing. And of course, selfish idiots run on the pitch because they want their moment in the sun. You know, and you just think, you know, partly like the people that please, oh, you spoiled my, you spoiled my thing because I stayed at me seat. Yeah, like, yeah, but you're probably on the top tier of the stand, so you had no chance of getting on the pitch. That's why you didn't get on there in the first place. You know, and, and maybe, but you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a worrying trend at the moment of one fans, one fans, you know, kind of fans going on the pitch. Flares have obviously become introduced into the into stadiums, which were never a thing before. And it's this kind of free-wielding kind of like, ah, we can do whatever we want. Like, we can do whatever we want in a football stadium. You can't do whatever you want in a football stadium. And that goes for both sets of people. So, you know, I think, what we, and again, we don't know the background of it, but obviously there's videos of Ollie Mc... Bernie. Bernie stomping on a forest bat. Now, again, like we said, we don't know what the background of that is. We know that the forest, the, the guy, the, the I can't call him a fan because he's not a fan. He's not a fan of football or anything. The idiot who charged Billy Sharp, we don't know, you know, we know what the background of it is. He's moron. He's probably drunk. He's probably an idiot. He's definitely an idiot and he's done something absolutely just apprehensible. But, what the hell's going on with Oliver Burney? If there's a if there's a backstory to it, fine. Give us what the backstory is. But to stomp someone on the floor as a professional footballer, you know what you're doing with your feet. You you know your feet are weapons because you don't kick people like other people kick people because you kick you kick things for a living. You know, so it'll be interesting to see what that is because if we're calling one person a thug and an idiot, then the other person's a thug and an idiot as well. Absolutely. Um, we'll take a short break. We'll come back to um, just finish up uh, scores and the like, see how the, the week panned out, and then uh, look, we'll look ahead to the future. So we will be right back. Oh, 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 go away. Recording in progress. And we're back. Something I was looking. I was looking at how much time we had, and I was like, "I'm not going. I'm not going to get it in." And I think it's uh, we've we've still got some some score stuff to cover, but it was something that Matt mentioned, and I was like, "Might might have an interesting debate, possibly." Um, <clears throat> I personally believe that uh, alcohol should not be allowed in. And or around football stadiums, I know that uh, <clears throat> that might not be a popular opinion, Paul. Um, but I just think 
When you put two and two together and you end up with violence, if you remove one of the twos, is that just is it just gonna make things a little bit easier and a little bit smoother? Well Well, I thought I thought he was I thought he was paused for dramatic effect. Oh, no, there he is. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. No, I I was lucky enough to go and see um, uh, a Euro qualifier. So it was a UEFA qualifying game: <clears> England <throat> versus Bulgaria at Wembley. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Time. Oh, he's back. Um, Your um, audio went um, that time. Sorry, apologies. But yeah, um, I don't know if I don't know if it's still a thing, but UEFA banned alcohol within the ground, and you know, like you still got trouble. Not particularly at that game, but and and if I'm honest, as it came out of my mouth, I was like, uh, I don't suppose that stops anybody going and having ten pints before the game. That that would be my sort of problem. It'd, it'd be a case of you're never going to be able to stop like close all pubs in a city or a town the day of a game of football so and you've always you've always got the, the thing as well of like you know if people don't think they can have a drink at the football but they still want to get absolutely tanked up they'll just have 10 cans of like you know white lightning at home before they go to the ground um so i think the idea is like i'd i'd almost sort of go the opposite way Although and, that and, makes and, it sound like it's, it's and it's serve everybody alcohol, all the <laughs> all the kids, all all the pregnant women, all all, of the, all the people should have at least a beer in each hand, and like free refills. Is what yeah, Paul so said. basically, what what I'm looking to introduce is a ten drink minimum. Um, yeah, no, like so, I'd, I'd go the opposite way. I think this was actually covered um, in. Oh, Christ, was it was it Tracy Crouch or something like that? I'd done a an independent review of, of football. I don't know if it was football ground or just football as a whole. Um, and I think they were looking into the no alcohol in the in the in the view of the pitch rule, and that it was outdated. It sort of coming at a time where like hooliganism was at its worst, and that was an easy way to curb things. But I think we're back at the point now where I think we're along with. I don't even know if it, is, if it happens in Scotland, but I think we're the only nation where you can't get a drink in view of the pitch at a game. Um, they do it at the rugby. You can you can get a drink at the rugby, absolutely fine. Um, you can get a drink at, you know, I know it's I know it's not like a, a rowdy sport sort of that, but you can drink at the tennis, for example. You can you can have a drink when you're watching golf. It is the only sport where you can't have open alcohol in sight of the actual um, players area. I think I think part of the issue is it's a cultural thing. You know, it's I, I know that I know there's issues with hooliganism on other parts in other parts of the world and stuff like that. But on the continent, it's not a drink related thing. And maybe this isn't a drink-related thing. Maybe it's just an idiot-related thing. Yeah, that, well, that was that was going to be my that was going to be my point. It's, it's always going to be a case of if you've got people who are pre like sort of exposed to wanting to like you know cause trouble. Mm-hmm. Zero pints, ten pints isn't going to change that. If and they want to, they want to start something. 
they're gonna start something. And, and that's what that that was the two sides of what Matt was saying. You know, like the the thing I picked up on was idiot who's had too much to drink. And I was like, when you've got the, that that two and that two, and I was like, well, you know, if you remove the alcohol from the situation, you're still left with the idiot, I suppose. Um, and, and and you know, somebody who's prepared to do that is potentially not bothered by how many drinks they've had. Part of the problem is that some of the Forest fans were out drinking from midday Saturday. Well, uh, well, midday, well, yeah, midday Saturday probably carried on right through Tuesday, but they were definitely out in Nottingham on Tuesday. So that, like, oh, yeah, if you go into the city centre at 12 o'clock yesterday, it was a sea of red. Um, and that won't have just been like, oh, everyone gathering and talking about the footy. It'll be getting absolutely lashed up, ready to go to the match. And you just think, it's it's a, like you said, it's a cultural thing, unfortunately. It's a cultural thing that's been built up over years and years and years. And it's a shame that it, it it's that kind of thing of, right, you go to the footy on a Saturday, you go and get absolutely, you know, shit-faced beforehand. You go to the game, you probably can't remember it, and you might, you know, and then you carry on drinking afterwards. And does something need to change? Or will it change? Can it change? I think that's the worst thing about it, is that... And, you know, not, not that you'll see anything at Wembley, but well, I doubt you'll see anything at Wembley, but the thing will it'll still be the same because the kickoff will be about five o'clock, so they'll get in the bus and they'll have like this 24 pack of Stella and they'll drink them on the way down the on the M1 on the way down to to Wembley. They'll go out in Wembley and around there and you know, you know buy 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 the drinks you know and then go in there and do whatever goes on there. I think the fans go are going the right the right way. I think when you know this guy, like like we were saying, is going to get a lifetime ban. He's also probably going to see some prison time, and that might not necessarily affect him. I I can't I don't know this person. I can't speak for his personal circumstances. But I imagine in five years' time, in ten years' time, it's going to be a situation where it's going to be like. Uh, you know, I've, I've grown up, I've matured uh, and whatever. I quite fancy going down and watching the football and I can't do that and I'll never be able to do that. And the more things like that, like not wanting to bring up a particular subject, but like when we were going through the the heavy racism sections that we were going through and saying, you know, coming down harder on people is a way to make that change. Is a way for people to say, yeah, I mean, maybe if I didn't do it, then I wouldn't be in a situation where I could, where I'd have to stop going to the football. If I, if I, I'll never go into Forest Ground again, or I'll never get the opportunity to see that player live, or um, you know, that that sort of thing spreads. They speak to one person, they speak to somebody else, and they say, "I don't have those opportunities," but. It's still just, it's still just unfortunate because I had, so, I, you know, somebody somebody spoke to me who has absolutely zero interest in football, and said, "Was there an incident in the football last night where somebody got headbutted?" Like, yeah, that's that's what that's what's been taken away from that game, not how you know 
how Forrest are moving on to the final and that sort of thing. Somebody got headbutted. That's it. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it was a good game of football as well. You know, depending on it doesn't depend on what you kind of your preferences. Well, it was a good game of football. I'd, I'd like to say it was nice for the neutral, but obviously we have a slightly more loyalty to your way. And I was nervous as watching that game last night. I it was awful. <laughs> hey, the, the, hey, I wasn't even watching it, but I was checking the score like crazy on BBC, like refreshing it like as much as possible, going, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, and looking at yeah, like the. I was like, are they, are they, are they out? I don't know. The like aggregate. Okay, all right. Oh, it's gone to extra time. That's a bad sign. Oh no, it's gone to penalties. <laughs> I, I would like, like to nah. say that I'd never want to go through it again, but I kind of get the feeling in like two weeks' time. <laughs> if anybody's interested, um, everybody barring the Nottingham Forest fan had Forest down to win in 90 minutes. Um, so, mm, one of those. Matt, Matt, you also didn't have Sheffield United down to win. You went with a 1-1 draw. So no points there. However, all four members of the podcast predicted Johnson to score a goal. And score he did. Uh, unfortunately, that means uh, everybody got a point by the end of the week. Uh, but adding my one point... To my previous two points wins the week for me. I think, uh, think I might be on for winning the season. Uh, now then, I have written down next week's prediction, but I'm reliably informed by the gentlemen who know a lot more about it than I do, that it is, it's quite a way away. I couldn't find it originally. I was like, hang on a minute, Forest have won? Surely there's another game? And I was like, I, and I was like, literally, you know, Tomorrow, no, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I was like, by the time I got to like Wednesday, I'm like, hmm, got to Saturday, like, what is happening? There should be another game. I text you boys, and it's like uh, 29th. It's uh, not to date the podcast, that is uh, 11 days away. It's like, what? Um, so, so <laughs> the, the, the playoffs have. They've, they've kind of been shafted by the, uh, the the Queen's Jubilee this this year, as they normally they normally take place three consecutive days in the last May Bank Holiday weekend. Um, but obviously, as the as the late May Bank Holiday has been cruelly taken away from us, in uh, and pushed to the start of June, um, they had to amend the schedule for the playoffs. So the League One playoff final is this coming Saturday. League Two, I think. League Two. No, League One. Sunderland oh. versus Wickham. Oh yeah. So you've got Sunderland versus Wickham on Saturday. The final day of the Premier League season is the day after that. Then the following Saturday, I believe, will be the League Two playoff final. You've also got the Champions League in Paris on the same evening. 
And then on the Sunday, it's the most important game of the weekend. Nottingham Forest versus Huddersfield. So, because of how far away it is, and to make, uh, make, make a prediction at this point in time, with something that's so far away, anything could happen in that time, uh, I believe, uh, and it's absolutely not to get another podcast out of this situation at all, we are going to uh, uh, podcast again before the final, somewhere around this time next week. So, I will, I will actually close my book for now um, where does that leave us we've got news and reviews news uh, as it's known this week in football so outside of Nottingham Forest going through to the final what's been going on in the football world must be quiet this time uh, usually usually you'd imagine it would be quite, uh, quite quiet but we have actually had quite a significant um, step forward, I'd say. Certainly for the men's game. Um, saying that, I have now lost. Oh, here we go. So, um, Blackpool's Jake Daniels becomes the UK's first male professional footballer to come out publicly as gay since Justin Fashionu in 1990. Um, so yeah, this is a, a guy who's in Blackpool's first team. I think he's only a young lad. I think he's only nineteen. Nineteen, yeah. Um, as a nineteen-year-old lad, and he's obviously felt comfortable enough that he doesn't have to hide anything about his personality anymore, which is absolutely the way it should be. Um, I, I think that's that's what he said in the interview. I think what he said in the interview was, "I feel I feel comfortable enough to." Yeah. He actually, he even said actually. The um, um, I told so this is a direct quote from. I told my mum and my sister the day after we played Akron and I scored four. So it just shows how much of a weight off the shoulders it was and a massive relief. And it's just like it's good that he can sort of like not laugh at the situation as such, but like that he can sort of take a little bit of sort of humour in it. That he obviously he's just like yeah, obviously yeah. If I've been playing with this massive weight on my shoulders. And now that I've unburdened myself, if I can play to like you know my true potential, you know, look out because I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be smashing the goals in left, right, and centre. I don't know. Is he, is he a forward or is he a midfield? I don't, I don't know. If that yeah, is. it was quite interesting because the I think what they what they'd said was that obviously they could kind of come through the ranks and at 17 they were like, "Whoa, this kid is like the guy," and he just went off the boil, and and. I think that I got ahead of player engagement or something like that. And they sent him to see him to kind of get like, you know, to get like, you know, kind of mental health and like some like therapy and stuff like that. And he just kind of basically with this, with, with their, with this guy was like, um, I think he said, they said it took a while for him to kind of like effectively come out to this guy. But he, just in the end, once he told him, he was like, I've, I've got to get this out, I've got to get this off my chest because it's just, you know, the, it's the thing that's stopping me, like, having a career in football, which I want, kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think he said, like, the moment that he told the, this player engagement guy that it just, that felt like the weight. And then, obviously, he's kind of gone from there to tell 
to tell other you know other people and then obviously tell everybody um you know and yeah it's kind of one of the things where yeah you know it's kind of the old kind of things are trod out of oh you know in this day and age it shouldn't be it shouldn't have to happen but yeah. you know, it, ha- you know it, it, it has happened and hopefully it takes that kind of positive step forward because mm. you know it, it's 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 a long time I think it's when you look at that kind of you know and, and the, the unfortunate thing is kind of speaking as a Forest fan the Justin Fashnu has a nasty kind of a nasty kind of thing to it because I think he was at Forest at the time when he did come out and yeah he pushed to one side because yeah no thanks. I was going to say, um, Cluffy, Cluffy wasn't exactly. He wasn't exactly helpful with the situation. I think he even did. He even condemn him, like sort of in the in the press and stuff. And I think he, I think he even came out and said, like, I don't know why he's, I don't know why he's done it or something. I think I'd laugh. That was John Fashion, John Fashion, who was well obviously his brother, kind of of gladiators fame. Um, with, definitely kind of washed his hands of him kind of thing. It was a difficult one because he lived a very unusual unusual lifestyle, a hidden lifestyle that people didn't understand and stuff like that. And I think there was some aspects to his social life that was, I think, but Clough knew everything. And that, I think that's the worst kind of thing about it is that Clough, Clough would have known about, you know, you know where Justin Fashion was at. Still, kind of wouldn't help, wouldn't support, wouldn't kind of thing. And then, obviously, when he came out, I think basically because he was going to get exposed by some terrible rag, um, decided to do it himself. And the complete support was removed from underneath him at, at Forest, which is is a massive stain on kind of Clough's record, really. Yeah. I think, like, I, I imagine, like, obviously, I know it's it's easy for us to sort of, like, say this. Obviously, we don't have to go through it. But I suppose the hope is that 10, 15, 20 years down the line, a player won't have to, a player won't have to come out as gay. Like, it shouldn't, I mean, it shouldn't even be the case now. Like, I mean, like, your sexual preference doesn't have anything to do with your talent as a footballer. Or as a baseball player, or as a basketball player, an American football player, a tennis player. It's got nothing to do with your ability to play any sport, or you know, be an office worker. Well, it goes. Or, it goes back to the. It goes back to the military thing, doesn't it? Does it? Does it, Does your sexual preference matter when you when you're training to be a trained killer? Does it? Yeah. Does it make a difference? Does it change how you pull the trigger of a gun? It doesn't, and and that that was that's going back years and years and years, and it's like, oh, because because that person's sexual preference is that way. Does that mean he kicks the ball different? Does that mean he hits the ball different? Does that mean he throws the ball different? It's that, it's, it's going back to the, It's got it's going back to that same conversation that we had about the ingrained in culture, you know, and it, it's that you know the kind of thing of that nobody. Nobody even discusses the sexuality of of female footballers, you know, and they're there's, they're openly openly gay, openly married, openly in relationships, but and that's not a problem. 
you know, and we we can discuss why if we want, but we know why because yeah, because yeah, yeah, we we know what the the numbskull fan that would say something to them has a different attitude towards that, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, the numbskull fan and you know and there'll be footballers as well you know you hear it from people now just because somebody is attracted to another man doesn't it automatically mean they are attracted to you because you are a man because I think this is this thing of they they don't have uncontrollable urges (laughs) you know and I think this is this stupid thing of like yeah they're not immediately going to be you know, we saw it with Strictly because they had two blokes dancing together. What? what? Is that they, they're not interested in you. <laughs> you know, it's and that... It's, and, just, it's and, crazy, and, isn't it? It's, it's such, like, such, a, it, such it, a baffling sort of way to... But it's such, a, it's such an outdated concept. Yeah. It's so... Like, you're talking about something from the 90s. And then still, you know, since the 90s, it's like, really? It's so outdated. Bottom line in it, though, it's just, that's outdated is the exact word I was going to use, but regardless, a footballer is a footballer. Whether you're male, female, gay, straight, pink, purple, orange, black, whatever, it does not matter. If you're a professional footballer, you're a professional footballer, just let him get on with it. Like, I, I would hazard a guess that Joe Public, in their normal place of work, will will more than likely know somebody who, who has maybe somebody, you know, a, a sexual orientation that is different to what may be considered the norm. Doesn't stop them being able to do accounts or, like, bloody bake things or, you know, whatever the job might be. Just let them get on with it. It's their own life. Piss off if you're not, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna deal with it. That it's it's your problem, not theirs. Is, is how I, I, and that's I've always looked at it that way. Anything, anything else from a news perspective? Um, we've we, the whole city have had their return list issued, and it, it may have thrown up at least one surprise, perhaps. The two, the, well, the three three headline releases, if you like, um, two that aren't so surprising. Tom Huddleston um, has gone, and Tom Eaves. So apparently, if you call Tom, not a good time to be a Hull City. Um, Eaves, Eaves is a difficult one for me because he did, he did all right for what for what he was needed for, but he struggled this year in the championship. Do you, want to know that? Do you want to know what that is, Stu? Because he's not a championship striker. There we go! But th- this is what I'm saying, though. He did the job that was needed. He, when when they needed him last season, he was there um, to kind of link up with like Wilkes and the rest of them to just to get him over the line, and they did that. But unfortunately, he's a little bit out of his depth. I have no doubt that that guy will have signed a, certainly a League One contract by the end of the week. I, I think that they'll be straight in for it. Tom Huddleston, again, probably might go into coaching. He seems to be at that point in his career. I think I can't see another club particularly coming in to, to pick him up as playing staff, but we'll see. 
He must um, be, what, late, late 30s? 35 years. Oh, so he's only mid-30s. Hey, you never know, he might, he might, he might get a... Well, Derby are probably crying out for players in League One, so... We might swap him for Curtis Davis then, in that regard. Yeah. He is but, the 30s. <laughs> yeah, but he can still play football. Um, True. <laughs> uh, but the surprising one um, was uh, Richie, Richie Smallwood, club captain. So, unfortunately, he has, he has been let go. Again, he, he was largely anonymous in some games this season, but he was very much a Marmite player. I think. I, I think his uh, his goose was cooked when he decided to uh, take his shin pads off in the ninety uh, second minute at the Riverside. <laughs> I think it's it's tricking, it might be one of those ones where he's been he's been released, but it's on a sort of a proviso of if you know if we you're more than welcome to sort of stay training with the squad. If if we see something, we might offer you a new deal. Blah blah blah. I mean, I I don't know how we'd ever find that out until sort of training resumes again but you'd have thought in close season it'll be up to the players individually to, to keep themselves in the nick but if he hasn't signed for anybody by the time we come back I, I can't see that being an issue um, he, you know he's, he's, had, he's, had, he's had in the grand scheme of things he's not been there the greatest amount of times he's had two two seasons but then when he's been there in the thick of it getting you out of League One I think you know yes he's been paid his wages but be nice to, to think he would be owed that sort of benefit of being able to use the facilities and stuff still. So um there also is a whole host of like the under twenty threes and the under like eighteens and all that that have been offered contracts, but I'll not go through that now because if anybody from West Ham's listening they'll just sign him in about three years' time. So <laughs> but but yeah that was that was from from the whole side of things that was that was pretty much it. Nothing Obviously, they're, they'll all be living at large on their hollybobs now. So, what in uh, in Turkey, along with those uh, those those lucky fans? Oh, that, I, I, I haven't heard anything else about that yet, so I, I'm not sure that's happened yet. I imagine it'll be like two days before the season starts, so <laughs> they can just come back hammered and carry on as we were talking about before. Uh, I suppose on that regard, then they, I, I, I didn't think there was anything burly, but I suppose technically it is related to the club. Um, they've announced that they have ended their uh, partnership with Hummel from a kit supplier perspective, and they have agreed a new deal with Italian sportswear giant Area or Area, I believe is how they pronounce it. So Araya was the uh, was the company that did the Borough kits for about twenty years uh, when they were in the Premiership for that prolonged period of time. Um, it's uh, the the shape of the emblem is, is a bit sort of like two two rhombuses connected to each other, two squares tilted basically. Um, but uh, they're, they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to fight for northeast space, as uh, they're, uh, they're they're also signed on to be the kit supplier for Hartlepool United. So exciting stuff! Who who knew that Hartlepool's away kit was going to be red and white next season? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the this is the thing. So obviously, with with Area not being a huge kit supplier to teams in the UK, the the one good thing that's come out of it is that Borough might get some sort of bespoke kit. 
out of it, like like they have been with Hummel, because there's not a lot of teams that are done by Hummel either in the UK. So. Uh, it's the one good thing that comes out of it. Say again, Matt? I've always liked Hummel kits. Can't beat the Chevrons. Love a bit of Chevrons. Well, apparently you can, but uh, you know we've, we've had a full season of that. So, so. Any other news? Uh, well, sort of Premier League team-wise, although it's not Premier League strictly, I suppose we have to mention the fact that the Bin Dippers won another trophy on penalties. So Liverpool lifted the FA Cup, beating Chelsea, who have now, I think, become the first team to lose in three consecutive finals. Um, yep, we, Mason, Mason Mount continued his Wembley curse. And, and just to stick the boot into the men's team, the women, the Chelsea women's team won the FA Cup that same weekend, so well done, fellas. Uh, but yeah, so unfortunately, Liverpool are now two trophies deep this season, so fingers crossed for Man City and Real Madrid in the coming weeks to shove it to them. Uh, one thing with the uh, the Chelsea-Liverpool Cup final, obviously it was the second time this season they'd met in a Cup final, Um and over a combined 240 minutes of play, they're still waiting for the first goal in a domestic cup final this season. So, Entertainment. But yeah, the Premier League-wise, it's going into the last weekend, as Paul mentioned earlier, that Man City just need to equal or better, I guess, Liverpool's result. Liverpool need Man City to lose and then than win though essentially yeah there is a there is a ridiculous scenario that's doing the rounds on Twitter where if if Aston Villa beat City 6-0 and Liverpool draw with insert team that Liverpool are playing on the weekend 5-5 there would be the need for a one-off playoff game Decide the Premier League title. The only way that happens is if miraculously all of the games finish at four twenty. Start at four twenty. Commence at four twenty. Just a played entirety for that minute. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the interesting. I'd say the interesting thing for the Premier League is more towards the bottom. Yeah. Of the uh, of the division, really. As it stands, Burnley. We're talking about it because we're going to jinx it. Uh, well, as it's but as it stands, Burnley is still in pole position to be the third team to drop into the championship. How, are we too late? Not not that I'm bothered about one of these teams, but are we too late to start the petition of let Forest and Huddersfield have a nice day out at Wembley? Just let both of them go up, and we'll just bin off Leeds and Burnley this time round, just just for, just for once. Well, I tell you what, we'll we'll agree it, but only if we can throw Everton in as well. They go down and they just t- they just take a pick a team at random, maybe a team that missed out on the playoffs altogether <laughs> by like one place. But yeah, as it stands, Burnley are in the bottom three, but they do have a game in hand on Leeds. Uh, they play Aston Villa tomorrow night at Villa Park, knowing that a draw will get them out of the relegation zone. Um. Everton are at home to Crystal Palace, knowing that a win will see them safe. Uh, and then Leeds' last game of the season is away at Brentford, who they have beef with 
from the last season in the Championship, so I'm sure that Brentford will uh, definitely not be going hard for that game. And um, isn't that also, you know, the the return of possibly the coolest head in football to his former club in Pontus Janssen? Well, it's at Brentford, so... Oh, well, even better then. I would, I will be looking at the odds of a red card in that game. <laughs> well, Leeds had two in two games, didn't they? They had two straight reds in two games running. So, think on, lads, think on. So, yes, the... Uh, the games, uh, well, the, the Premier League games on Sunday will be watched with bated breath. Let's put it that. Anything else? No, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, as this was uh, going to be a short podcast, and as it's the. Um, I was going to say second to last, but it's probably not even second to last. As it's one of the last, Andy's not going to let us down, and he's going to get us a quiz. You'd be wrong, because after three attempts, three separate attempts, three different searches, and a multitude of curse words, apparently the internet has been scrubbed of all football-based quizzes. Paul shut them all down. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to put in, 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 in brackets that Paul hasn't already done. Because <laughs> there was like there was this point that was like, four, four. Uh, no, we're not having their quiz. Um, so, unfortunately, that, uh... A, there is no quiz, and B, apparently there are no football quizzes in existence anymore because, I don't know, reasons. Um, For I, those of you that are listening and not watching, Paul was just telling everybody that's on YouTube that there are two football quizzes that he's not done yet. Yeah, so you know, good luck finding them. Um, so there it is. Um, we, we 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 don't need to wish anybody any good luck for anything at this point in time because we will return in around about a week to do all of the the predicting for the final. The nail biting for the collective and uh, and everything else. Uh, it just leaves my job at the end of a football podcast to thank you, gentlemen, for taking myself and these lovely people through the sometimes murky waters of the football world. We will be back next week talking more football, more things to come, and anything that's happened between now and then. And that's that. We shall see you then. Bye. So there we go. What do you think to that? Well done to Nottingham Forest for getting uh, through to the final. Fingers crossed for them that they will win the final and go on to be promoted. Before you go, just while I've got you those last couple of minutes, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment and uh, drop us a review if you feel so inclined. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. We've got some social media links and an email button. You can drop us a line. Let us know how you're getting on and what you're going to be doing uh, while the football's not on. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.